Welcome to Guest of the Year. I'm the host. My name is Mike. Joining us as this week's guest setlist curator is Lara Marie Shane Halls. In addition to being a lifelong deadhead, Lara is a New York Times bestselling author and prolific podcaster. She hosts two podcasts currently, SUP, Sexy Unique Podcast, and Too Niche, both of which put a critical and comedic lens on pop culture. Welcome, Lara. Hi. Thank you for having me. Awesome. Thanks for being here. This week's prize pack is provided by John Griffin Art. John Griffin Art is a studio run by, you guessed it, John Griffin, who does colorful, exotic, psychedelic acrylic on canvas paintings. He's putting up a really, really awesome one of Jerry as this week's prize pack. It's a really tremendous prize, so big shout out to Jeff for making this happen, actually. And of course, thanks to John and to Mason for curating the prize packs. You can find a link to John's page in the show notes. All right, here's how the game works. We'll play the first part of a Grateful Dead live track, and each contestant will use the messaging system to silently guess which year the performance is from. Contestants who are all on video conference together can message in their guesses at any time during the clip or in the 10 seconds after it concludes. Whoever is furthest from the correct year is eliminated. The last two deadheads standing will have a best of three series to determine a winner. We've got our returning champion Jocelyn here with us, and we'll meet the rest of the deadheads in a moment, but first, let's hear the first song. Without further ado, The Grateful Dead. The guesses are in. It was Cumberland Blues at Fillmore East on April 28th, 1971. Lara, nice pick. Uh, why that one? Thank you. Um, I have to admit, when you asked me to do this podcast, I was like a little bit intimidated because I am a deadhead, but my road to deadhead dumb was probably like... I think I used the excuse to go to like rat dog concerts in Oklahoma city where I grew up because there would be a chance to hear like a good dead song. I didn't really know the members, but it was a place where you could like openly smoke weed and like do mushrooms. So that really appealed to me as a high schooler. And it was always kind of party music until probably my like 
early 30s when I went to Fare Thee Well and I was like radicalized. And when you're asking me to like choose a bunch of years, I'm like, I don't really even know like the differences in certain years or decades versus other decades. But what I do have is a Sirius XM subscription and I do listen to the dead channel in my car. So I was listening and I tried to choose like in all my, uh, all my choices are like songs that I would love to hear personally here live, like a dream set list, if you will. And when I heard this song, for some reason, like it just was like, I mean, Cumberland Blues is a fun party song, but this specific version was like, you can imagine yourself at the show, you feel the energy and it was just infectious and really fun. So I took a pic of it on my phone and then I threw it on this set list. So, yeah. Well, you put together a great set list. It's, Thank um, you. Yeah, I'm excited to run through this one. I tried to choose songs that like that I want to hear, but then I was like, I really have to challenge these contestants and see if I can throw wrenches into <laughs> like the vibe. So I was trying to. <laughs> so that was where my head was at when I was when I was choosing years. Yeah, you have to. These, these people that come to yeah. the show are great. Uh, and I know. Everyone was right around it. Jonathan was the only one who got it exactly though. Jonathan is 24 and he's from Tallahassee. Why 71, Jonathan? How'd you pull that one? Uh, you know, it just has that really uh, raw power, that really raw sound that 7071 has. Um, one thing I noticed was the audience. They knew exactly what song they were playing. You know, you can really hear the cheers. So that was a clue to me that this is after the uh, album had come out. You know, so kind of pushing it towards 71. Whoa, the audience knowing the song. Nice, Jonathan. Next closest was Nick. He guessed 1970. Nick is 53 and he's from Walla Walla, Washington. I've been waiting to say that for weeks <laughs> since you signed up, Nick. Nick, you guessed 1970. Uh, why 70? Well, you know, it was the um, the tension between gut and game. You know, it was like I could have even gone, you know, I think that they first played Cumberland like late 69, December 69, maybe. Um, but it was like, for me, it was that era is 69 70 71 the primal elements of that good call on the um the audience response to the uh to the tune that that's that's a that's a good cue to pick up on but it's interesting you know those that, that was the april Fillmore East shows is that we said uh yes it was yeah april 28th at Fillmore East. yeah i think i got all those shows it's like it's like a buddy of mine growing up had all these reel to reels of, and I got all these tapes from those reels of the, that run from the Fillmore East. So I listened to that a lot. And so I, I'm kind of disappointed in myself for not nailing it. <laughs> <laughs> but like you said, you're playing the game. Yeah. Well, nice work. Going the other direction was Mateo at 1972. Mateo is 35. And he is currently residing in Madrid, and it's currently uh, 2.20 a.m. there. So thank you for staying <laughs> up, Mateo. No problem. My pleasure. <laughs> why, uh, why 72? Uh, for me, clearly, it was 71 or 72. Um, very clean sound. Uh, very raw, like uh, Nick and Jonathan said. Um, a lot of power. 
So that should have told me 71, but I loved how clean it sounded. So I just stuck with 72. Nice summary. Welcome, Mateo. Okay, so Jocelyn guessed 73 and David guessed 69. So everyone's on to the next round. But let's, uh, let's meet David. David is 62 and he's from Buffalo. David, you thought it was 69. Uh, why 69? To tell you the truth, I got so lost in hearing the song and enjoying it, I almost forgot to enter because I was determined <laughs> to wait till the end. And then the song stopped and it was like, oh, so uh, the Y69 was, I I knew the approximate range that, that the song was and uh, I'm just glad I got to guess it. Totally reasonable. David, nice playing the game. You're on the next round. Jocelyn is our returning champ. She's from Cassville, Missouri. There it is. You guessed 73, Jocelyn. Uh, why I 73? Did. Yeah, it, I heard the one drummer. Um, it sounded early. I heard Phil pretty strongly in there, and I think of that more like 73, 74, but I don't listen to a lot of the early stuff, so maybe he's that forward in 72. I mean, excuse me, in 71 as well. <laughs> um, you're more into the 80s, right, Jocelyn? That's correct. Well, everyone's on in the next round. Laura has a great another pick for us here. Let's hear it. Friend of the Devil, the first one in like five months on the show. Thank you, Laura. Uh, at Providence Civic Center on May 13th, 1981. Uh, nice choice, Laura. Why that one? Well, as a teen, the my, I guess, introduction to Grateful Dad was from like this cool girl who I really like idolized in high school. And I hung out with her after school and like her and a couple of friends. We all smoked weed together. She played American Beauty. And I just remember like that album was kind of like my first 
favorite songs that I had heard of the dead. And I just always loved to hear friend of the devil in particular live. And I liked this arrangement because it felt more down tempo and almost like a lullaby. And the, I think it's like that keyboard kind of has this like interesting magical sound to it. And that was another serious XM pick. So that helped me out too, but not all of them are. There's only they're front loaded. So don't think that I'm just playing serious and taking screenshots. I only did that on three. There's a lot of serious influence on this show. It's the entire show is based on serious. So it's, it's right in. So when you're going over to your friend's house, this cool girl to smoke and listen to American Beauty, did you know you're going over there to do that? Or did she just like stand up, put on American Beauty? And I knew, I knew we'd probably party. We'd probably go buy some beers with fake IDs and things would ensue. But that was kind of like my freshman year of high school was how I learned about classic rock. Cause like all the people that I looked up to and wanted to like party with in high school loved classic rock. So they really were like my educators in that sense. What were you listening to when you decided I'm going to pivot to classic rock to be with the cool kids? Probably like radio, like top 40 radio stations. Like I listened to a lot of musicals growing up. Like I was really into musical soundtracks or like movie soundtracks even. And then I was running junior varsity cross country and someone put on Led Zeppelin Houses of the Holy and that like changed my life that album I was like I can't believe there's music like this that like people listen to that this is real like this is one of the best things I've ever heard and then it was it was all downhill from there (laughs) understandable transition there well it was a nice pick the only one to get it exactly was David Nice pull, David. Tough in those early 80s. That was a guess because I happened to be lucky enough to attend UMass from 77 to 81. I'm sure I was at that show, but uh, I felt pretty comfortable that it was late 70s to early 80s. So I just decided to go with my graduation year. The, the tempo uh, never spoke to me in the in the moment. I like listening to the slower tempo now but uh having had the experience of the up-tempo version live you know it was a little disappointing to me when they took it down but i like it now yeah yeah right on so two people guessed 1980 jocelyn and nick jocelyn we'll go back to our champ here uh why 1980 i knew it was early brent i was like 79 80 81 and so i just went right in the middle with 80 (laughs) nice jocelyn nick also guessed 1980 what'd you hear there nick i heard early 80s i was playing the game like jocelyn you know i was like you know this is probably 80 81 maybe 82 but i felt jared's voice was more toward 1980 and it sounded had a lot of that that dead set sound going to it going there so so there you go 1980 why couldn't it have been like 84, say? Well, I think there there's, you know, some fundamental shifts between 83 and 84 that um, that you can really hear in, in Garcia's voice. You know, the music played on, but Garcia's chin was in his chest most of the time. And you kind of heard that in his voice. Yeah, if I could interject, um, I, I would say the 
the tempo um, also, um, Laura was talking about it sounding like a lullaby and I don't think you'd hear it that way in 1984. <laughs> Bit more coked out. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> lots of notes, lots of notes. Yeah. Yeah. Lots of notes. Yeah. Yeah. I re I, I like that you said that about the lullaby. I meant to mention that earlier about the lullaby because that's one of the things that drew me to that song also is that dichotomy. It's the friend of the devil, but it sounds like a lullaby. And I like that kind of play off of each other like that. That's cool. Yeah. It's like sinister, but sweet at the same time. Exactly. I love that. <laughs> <laughs> David, I was like laughing at what you were saying about like, if you're at the show, you don't want to hear it down tempo. And I totally see that. But like in a retrospect, not at the show and just like driving or something, it's a delight. But yeah, it is. I think I that's why, this, you know, I have serious and sure, I don't, I don't change the, I don't skip the song when it comes on. No. Mm -hmm. Okay, well. You get me nervous. Mike. I know. I'm sorry, Mateo. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, the suspense is killing me. <laughs> I like, had it and then I just lost it. Uh, yeah. Oh, wow. Okay. Everyone's on to the next round again. <laughs> <laughs> um, so Mateo guessed 79 and Jonathan guessed 83. Thank you, Jonathan. Thank you, Mateo. Hoping you do that. <laughs> My fingers crossed you're guessing 79. <laughs> um, Mateo, yeah, you guessed 79. Hit us. So since I discovered the show, I love the show, Mike. Love it. Thank since you. I discovered it, I've been listening to it nonstop. I take my dog to a walk at the park and I'm listening to it. And I'm like, oh, you know, the best way to learn this stuff is, is by listening to your show because I practiced by just pressing random on, on like the dead archives that I have on my, on my phone, the app. And it didn't really work out as well as listening to the show because I can hear what others are saying about it, their opinions. And something I heard on the show was that in the late 70s, like 79, early 80s, Brent was usually loud in the mix because they wanted to see if he gelled with the band. They wanted to go back and listen to it and see if he was a good fit. And I said, oh my God, Brent is really loud. Hmm, you know, he's not playing like wild. He's not singing really loudly. This has got to be right when he joined on. So 79, I went with 79. Those lullaby keys, they got you. Uh, and that they was Joshua me. who uh, made that pull late in the finals against Todd, an all-timer. But you were, again, yeah, right there, two years off. Jonathan guessed 83. Yeah, not going to lie, early 80s is a bit of an Achilles heel for me. It's not really my go-to dead. Um, I love Brent. I love 89, 90, that stuff. Oh, my God, I can't get enough of that. Um, but no, like right off the bat, I was like, man, it sounds like 1980. Like at first I thought it was like 77 just because of uh, Bobby's tone. Um, maybe that should have uh, made me uh, push it back a year or two. But uh, Jerry, he just sounded a little bit aged when he was singing. So I was like, I don't know. It might be 82, 83. Um, so yeah, that's that's what I went with. And I just got lucky. <laughs> I mean, you weren't far off. Uh, nice work, everyone. Everyone's on to the next round. Never happened before. Third round, no... Uh... When eliminated, this is great. Let's hear the next song.
song was Wharf Rat at Silva Hall on May 8th, 1984. Laura, Sultry Jerry ballad there. Nice one. Uh, why, uh, why that Wharf Rat? Well, it's as simple as this. I love the song Wharf Rat. It's so sad and depressing, but tells like this cool story. And then it leads up to this amazing like peak moment, but then gets sad again. And then May 1984 is my birth month so I wanted to find I was hoping to find a show on May 30th 1984 which is my birthday but I couldn't so I settled for May 8th 1984 and then when I heard this I was like this wouldn't be my first wharf rat choice it does sound it's starting to get a little circusy in there with the (laughs) (laughs) but I wasn't doing, I was doing it to really, again, throw a year wrench at people. But then now after I've heard everyone talking about early 80s into the 84 transition, I feel like maybe this was a bit easy, but we'll see. You know, the mid 80s are never easy, but that does make them fun. So Nick and Jonathan were equal distance apart in 1983 and 1985. Nick, we'll start with you. Uh, You guessed 1985, you're on to the next round. There are no ties this round. What'd you hear there? Well, I like Laura's description there of circusy because I I felt Phil was trying to pick it up a little bit, you know, and and I was recalling when when I was listening to that, recalling maybe it was in his book or Billy's book talking about how sometimes they would fuck with Jerry and 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 like mess with the tempo on him. <laughs> um I don't know if you if you all read that piece, but anyway, um, I was almost pulled to eighty four, but settled on eighty five because of the clarity of the recording, and there are really a lot of good eighty fives out there. I had a lot of eighty fives in my tape collection, and so I was like, you know, it could be either one. I'm going to go with eighty five because I just had a lot of eighty fives in my wallet. That clue is really useful a lot of the time. Just how many tapes are floating around. Um, and that must have been Billy's book because I just read Phil's book and there was no uh, messing with Jerry. I think Phil like fears Jerry too much for that. And I, and I think Billy's more of a tr- of a prankster. Yeah, yeah. Well, nice work, Nick. You're on the next round. And then, yeah, joining you will be Jonathan, who guessed 1983. Right on it, Jonathan. Why 83? Uh, you know, I just want to keep that train going with 83. Um, it's definitely later than uh, the last song. Um, you know, actually, uh, Nick kind of helped me out because he said Brent was a little bit uh, softer in the mix uh, later into the 80s. So I picked up on that. And, um, you know, Jerry, he certainly sounded a little bit older, a little bit heavier, a little bit more raspy. You know, a lot more cigarettes have been consumed um, <laughs> in the, this uh, recording. So, um, yeah, I, I was floating back and forth like 83, 84, 83, 84, and I just settled on 83. And, um, yeah, <laughs> that's how I got it. Nice work. Listening even within the game. Damn, Jonathan. Nice. Cool, you're on the next round. 
Jocelyn's also on in the next round, 1986 Jocelyn. That's when you started seeing the dead, right? Uh, 84 was my first show. And I was actually bouncing back and forth between 84 and 86. And um, I should have said 85, but anyhow, I was bouncing back and forth between 84 and 86. Um, and I decided Jerry sounds tired. And so I said 86. <laughs> yeah. Well, nice work. So the last one on to the next round is Mateo, who guessed 1982. David got tripped up with 1975. So he's eliminated. Mateo's on in the next round. Mateo, we're going to keep you up a little longer. Uh, right. Why'd you guess 82? <laughs> um, so like you said earlier, 80s are a little bit tough for most people, for me as well. Not for Jocelyn. Jocelyn's got it. it looks like the other guys got it too. But for me, it's tough. I usually can go, I usually can tell between the early 80s and the late 80s. But knowing the exact years is complicated for me. I could hear Jerry's more gravelly voice. So I knew it wasn't going to be like the 7980 with Brent on the keys, which I could also discern. Um, Brent was still, it seemed to me like playing softly, um, not really overabundant, but it's also a soft, slow song. So um, I couldn't really nail the year based on that. So I just almost closed my eyes and popped popped a number at the end of the of the eight there towards the beginning of the half of the decade well your method has worked you're on to the next round <laughs> yes uh, david 75 what tripped you up there it was never my favorite song <laughs> <laughs> so uh, right i guess i was out of the venues more than in them when that happened but no i yeah, I don't. I don't have any any uh, any reason other than um, it's been a fun experience having the opportunity to do this. Oh yeah, well you're not out here quite yet. How'd you get into the dead? You know, I would have had different answers through the course of the more than fifty years that I've been into the dead. But you know, I heard Casey Jones and Trucking when I was ten years old for the first time in my life repeatedly, and then mm -hmm. I ended up. Uh, going to UMass, already being familiar with some of those songs, like I said, so toured pretty heavily with the radius of the dead touring schedule in New England from 77 to 81 and never stopped, you know, every iteration, every year. Uh, you know, that movie that won the Academy Award, not this year, but um, last year, uh, Coda. Coda, yeah. I recommend it, but it's also interesting because I am uh, a child of deaf adults. Although I never even knew what that acronym meant until I saw the movie. But yet, I think the uh, emphasis that they placed on me uh, living a normal, quote unquote, hearing life involved me listening to a lot of radio and watching a lot of television. And um, yeah, and that happily uh, led me to the dead. So your parents wanted to make sure that you engaged with audio culture? They, you know, there's a whole thing about deaf culture and sign language, and I can sign, and we've all been to every uh, rock show pretty much has an interpreter for hearing impaired of a certain size or in certain venues. But they didn't, uh, you know, it was a different type of, of thinking going on. Again, I heartily endorse the movie Coda for a better understanding of deaf culture. And there's some great 
rock music in it too. It's a nice mixture of several things that happen to have tied into my life too. Thank you so much, David. Thank you for sharing that. And thanks for, for being here. Yeah. No, thank you for having me. And good luck to all of you. Appreciate it. Thanks, David. Thanks, David. Take it easy. We'll see you on the road. Yeah. Bye. See you next show. Cheers. All right. Well, Mateo, Jocelyn, Nick, and Jonathan are on to the next round, and Laura has a nice song for them. Let's hear it. Fed you well, my honey. The guests are in. It was Broke Down Palace at Shoreline Amphitheater on September 18th, 1994. Really nice one, Laura. Uh, why that broke down? Um, I love the song Broke Down Palace. Um, and <laughs> I have a friend who we joke with each other, kind of gallows humor. If one of us was to go first the other one would have to get up and sing like a acapella song at their funeral and so i'd always tell her that i would sing this song which would be really unfortunate for everyone there but really funny for me <laughs> and from her watching in the afterlife so i love broke down and i wanted to find a song from the 90s because i felt like i hadn't had one of those yet on my list and so when i was looking through shows from the 90s I saw the Shoreline show and then I had have seen Dead and Company at Shoreline and it was a really fun time so that's why I chose this venue in this show nice what is she singing at your funeral <laughs> she's singing um <laughs> you know that song from Fast uh the Fast and the Furious that's like till I see you again oh yeah when Paul Walker dies, did they play? Yeah, that yeah, was yeah. yeah, that was what yeah. Mm -hmm. With the rap and everything. I think there's like a rap in the middle of it. Yeah. <laughs> I I did sing that song at my grandma's at my grandma's funeral. I sang no and played that song. Yeah. It's a great funeral song. Don't I don't want anybody to die just, you know, 
play that song, but it's a it's a perfect funeral song. Wait. So just wanted to throw that out there. Yeah, of course. Was she a deadhead or was it just like you thought it'd be nice? Not at all. Not okay. at all. I feel like I'm the only one in my family and like extended family that, that likes the Grateful Dead. But I said, you know what? This song is perfect. Nobody's even going to know it's the Grateful Dead. Uh, I'm going to sing it. And I brought people to, you know, people were crying. They're like, oh, my God, what a beautiful song. It's like, yeah, I know. It's the Grateful Dead. It's, it's an original. Uh, that's awesome. That's so cool. And you, what instruments did you play it on? The, the guitar. Um, okay. Cool. I mean, I mean, didn't didn't Hunter write that at the same time as to lay to lay me down and ripple? You know, he must have had been having such a an introspective day. And I heard somewhere too that it was uh, right around the time Jerry's mom died. And it's just yeah, those are those are some sad and philosophical songs. I think he got like blacked out and woke up, and just all three of the songs were written. They were just there. Yeah, yeah. No, yeah. Wasn't he like uh, drinking absinthe in London or something like that? That's right. No, no that way. That's right. Yeah, yeah. Wow, what a miracle. I know. That's awesome. Wow, productive I wish that happened when I was blacked out. <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> if only. Um, okay, well, you know, two people nailed it exactly, which I was surprised and impressed by. Nick and Jonathan nailed it exactly. Jonathan go to you why 94 yeah um obviously vince was there so it was post 1990 um bruce was not there um so it had been in like 93 maybe 92 on um i just want to say like 93 was a really good year for vince um he wasn't chained up to the synthesizer he was all out there on his own um he really came into his own but um you know as the song progressed um you know you can tell jerry he was uh he's in some rough shape you know you Tell the the band was uh, really uh, towing the line there, um, where Jerry used to uh, play in those fills. Um, I just want to say, like, it, it's kind of poetic in a way, him singing this song, like, towards those later years in his life. You know, it's almost as if, like, he was like looking in a mirror, is like singing about himself. You know, I feel like there's something to really be said about that. But um, you know, I knew '94 is smack dab in the middle between '93 and '95, so I went with that. Way to go, Jonathan. Nick also guessed '94. Nice pull. How'd you figure that one out? <laughs> Well, you know, um, Jerry's rig changed in 93, in, in, in um, the summer of 93, where he went, um, the whole band's rig changed. So they, they were, Jerry went direct input into the, to the PA. And so you can really hear a change in his tone. And so I was listening for that because it's that, that sort of mid late nineties, shift and frankly like i don't listen to a lot of that era um but as the time went on from that change in the rig they started to dial it in better and i could tell that it was dialed in a little bit better and so i just went with 90 94 do you play guitar i do when you're picking out the rig like that, it shows. Uh, that's awesome, Nick. That's a really good observation, and I'm sure a clue that people are going to use moving forward. Yeah, so so you can go back, and, and I think it's the Eugene shows in the summer of 93 where the new rig goes into play, and that's where there there's that sort of epic jackstraw opener that lasted for like 20 minutes, and that's because Bob's rig totally failed. And so Jerry had to carry jackstraw for you know about 20 minutes while they were getting bobs but back online essentially 
Jack Straw too. That's pretty wild. That must have been ripping. Yeah, I was unfortunately I was there, so yeah, it was pretty cool. Uh, that's awesome. Do you know what was going on? Yeah, you know, we were watching, and, and and you could see Bob was super frustrated. He actually broke his guitar in half. They had to get him a whole new guitar. <laughs> he, he, the neck just separated from the body. He just totally smashed it. Super frustrated. I can't imagine like being that frustrated and then coming back out and playing a fantastic show because those shows were great if you ever listened to them. Cool. Um, Mateo is also on in the next round because he guessed 1991, which means Jocelyn, our uh, returning champ who guessed 1989, is eliminated. Very sorry to see you go, Jocelyn. Uh, we'll, no. we'll talk to you in a sec. But uh, <laughs> Mateo, from Madrid, you are on to the next round with your 91 guess. Uh, so you thought you heard Bruce in there as well? No, I, I thought uh, it was Vince. I thought I could hear Vince singing. Um, so... I couldn't tell with the keyboards if it were if it was Vince or Bruce, but I, I thought I could hear his vocal harmonies. Um, I heard Bob's tone, which was very '90s. Sounds very '90s to me. That really overdrive sounds like he's using like a a guitar pick made out of glass, almost he's scraping along the strings. Um, so that's that's what I heard. Nice work. You're on the next round, Jocelyn. You guessed 1989 there. What'd you hear? I, I don't know why I kept thinking Vince sounded like um like Brent and I was like is that Brent wait a minute who is that that's <laughs> just I don't know it just kind of threw me and then for a minute I thought it was Bruce singing I'm like but I don't hear two pianos and I don't know I just decided it was really late Brent <laughs> got it I was wrong <laughs> We had a hell of a run, and um, we can see your art on the wall, but the people at home can't see it. But where can they see your art, like, online? Um, I have a website, byjocelyn.com. And um, I also have a, an Etsy store, which is also called By Jocelyn. And Jocelyn is J-O-C-E-L-Y-N. Well, Jocelyn, thanks for, thanks for doing Guest of the Year these past couple of weeks. It's been a joy to listen to you. I loved it. It's super fun. Thank you so much for having me. Nice to meet you, Jocelyn. Yeah, Hi, Jocelyn. you too. Yeah, nice to meet you. Sorry to have dethroned the queen. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know about all that. I really think it was beginner's luck. So, uh, yeah. <laughs> nine songs. It's hard to be beginner's luck for nine yeah. songs. Uh, so, yeah. Uh, thanks, Jocelyn. All right. Thank you. Okay. Mateo. Nick and Jonathan are fighting for two spots in the best of three series for the John Griffin, Jerry Garcia painting. Laura's got another song. Let's hear it. Down. 
Great, the guesses are in. Me and my uncle at Winterland on November 9th, 1973. Really fun pick there, Laura. Uh, why that one? Thank you. I love the song, Me and My Uncle. It's like such a fun jam and it's so like upbeat. I like a storytelling element of it. Um, but then that, I have to say, was another Sirius XM find. And that's when I started to realize, like, I think my favorite era that I'm gravitating towards the most just as a listener, and this is maybe laying the groundwork for my future um, contestant space on guest of the year, let's say. I think I'm gravitating towards, like, early 70s. So it's good to know that about myself. And, yeah, I just thought this, the energy, and I think it's, everything's so youthful and even the audience you can hear the audience whooping it up and it just is like you imagine yourself there at the show so so you like hearing the audience i like hearing the audience and like i just i like this kind of young energy and you imagine the band being young and kind of at maybe the beginning ish of their careers as musician and like how you hear how exciting that is for them. And I love that. Kind of the opposite of Jerry singing broke down foreshadowing his own death. A little bit. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Well, everyone's on the next round because Mateo and Nick guess 74 and Jonathan guess 72. Everyone was one year off. So, Mateo, I'll start with you. Uh, why 74? So I was listening first for the Rhythm Devils to see if I could hear both Billy and Mickey. And I felt like I could only hear Billy. So I was like, okay, I know I got a pocket to work with. Um, and then I was listening for the microphones. And I could hear him when he said, my shirt and damn shame. It sounded like that compressor microphone sound that, that's been talked about on the show quite a few times. So then I was like, okay, either 73 or 74. But I wasn't 100% sure that it was only Billy. So I put it to 74 to get closer to the 70, you know, 75, 76 era in case I was wrong. Well put, Mateo. Nice. Nick, you're also on 74. Anything you want to add to Mateo's breakdown? Yeah, definitely wall of sound era. And, um, you know, this could be just my own internal bias and totally just making shit up. But. I always sort of associate 74 as more up-tempo than 73. So I went with 74 because it was such a smoke inversion. And it was almost 74, right? I mean, it was like late fall, 73. Correct. Yeah, November 9th. <laughs> yeah, so okay. Um, Jonathan, guess 72. You're also on the next round, Jonathan. Why 72? 
Uh, kind of like what Nick was saying, it was a really bumping. Um, so I kind of thought it was like 71 at first, but then I heard Keith uh, come in, so I knew it had to be a 72. Um, I'm a little embarrassed. I really thought I knew the wall of sound well. Um, I'm used to the wall of sound recordings being a lot more uh, clear. You know, th this kind of was kind of a muddy mix, so uh, that's kind of why I was leaning towards like early 72. Um, so yeah, I, I knew Keith started with 72, so I just went with that. Thanks, Jonathan. You and everyone are on to the next round. Lara, before we go on, I was hoping to get your origin story. How did you get into the dead and how did you start these two great podcasts? So I got into the dead, kind of like I said, like hanging out with like the pot smoker crowd in high school and getting turned on to like American beauty and then starting to hear like what was interesting is I didn't understand when I was younger, the allure of listening to a live recording to me, I like didn't, I didn't like that sound and it didn't like hit for me. So I was really more listening to like the studio albums and you know, the dead wasn't together anymore when I was a teen, but Bill and Bob would tour sometimes together and they would hit the Oklahoma City Zoo Amphitheater and it was always fun to go with my friends and you know it's a kooky crowd you can kind of party and do whatever and so it was more associated with just like music that I liked I didn't know all the songs but every once in a while I'd hear a song that I liked and it was like a chance to go out and party and socialize and then as I got older and went to more shows that Obviously, like, yeah, I would party at them sometimes, but then you start to really understand, like, the difference between each show and how, and, like, you, what songs you're gravitating more to, or, like, oh, I haven't heard that one in a while, and it becomes, like, every show is its own memory, and then I went to, like, I went to Fare Thee Well, and that was, like, unbelievable, and then my friends and I in California just started doing, like, runs of shows, I think for like my 34th birthday or 33rd birthday, we did like five shows in a row, like starting in Arizona, doing two in LA and then going up to Shoreline and doing two. And it's just like such a fun event to go with friends and like make a memory together. But then also it's just like the there's always amazing people watching and then like the music is good and the show is a long experience. And it's just like, the most fun thing to do and then oh you're wondering how I got into podcasting yeah 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 I was writing for a long time after college I moved to LA uh like in 2008 and then I left a writing partnership I was with and kind of was starting from scratch a bit and was burnt out on writing and found that talking was much easier than having to write and I loved this I'm also like a big fan of reality television and was watching this one show Vanderpump Rules that's on Bravo and I found that I could talk at length about the show for hours and I kind of was like wouldn't it be cool if I turned this obsessive like hobby into an actual like podcast or made made something out of this obsession so I kind of got my start doing that and then it's evolved. That's like sex unique podcast has evolved to talking about that show, doing pop culture commentary and discussing other reality TV shows. So it's really fun. 
Yeah, it's hilarious. My fiance and I listen to it uh, together a lot. And you came to one of our. She dragged you to one of our live shows. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I was. Nice. I'd, I'd already. I'd already listened. I knew what was going on, and it was. Um, yeah, it was hilarious. Uh, do you guys? You guys don't often do live shows, though, right? It's, it's a more of a special occasion thing. We haven't in a while, but we're gearing up to do like more live shows, and that's another thing. Is like I love to take it back to the dead. Like I would love nothing more than to have the time and the resources just to like go on the road for like a whole season, and that's like something that I would even love to do. Just myself like as kind of a comedic performer who does this podcast that can do it live like that's always a dream of mine to like be on the road myself so yeah we're trying to get a like tour together and start doing more live shows because it's so fun so the dead touring constantly and that kind of like mythology of the road kind of like made you want to do the same it does because you start to see and what I love about the dead is that like yeah, they released like a handful of studio albums, but like the they are workers. Like they want to go out on the road, they want to perform, they love to do it. And like the people that go to the shows love that. And that really speaks to me is like I also love to perform and is in a totally different medium. But they really showed me like the merit of touring and performing live and like connecting with your audience in that way. So I was actually messaging with the previously mentioned contestant, Joshua, today, and he was telling me that Jerry had, like, debilitating stage fright, only did one solo performance for that reason, and I wouldn't have guessed that, and I wouldn't have guessed you having stage fright either, judging by how good you were live, but Jerry having stage fright kind of informs one that how well you perform has no relationship with your level of stage fright. So I guess my question is, do you have stage fright? Um, I think at first I did have a little bit, but then it becomes so like the lead up becomes like more of like a formula of like, oh, this is what I need to feel like really prepared. And I think a lot of stage fright for me has come in the past has come from like not feeling prepared or like I'll have dreams where I'm like supposed to go on stage and I like have no idea what I'm doing or like don't know lines or what I'm talking about but now like working with my co-host Carrie on Sex Unique podcast it's like we know the drill so well and we're like there to support each other and like play off of each other so it just becomes really really fun to do there's like a little bit of nerves but not like horrific stage fright i think if i was really battling stage fright i would not i wouldn't take to the stage (laughs) (laughs) uh awesome you guys are hilarious together carrie's hilarious as well and uh, it's a great show so thanks Uh, okay well we're still trying to get down to two finalists here because these guys just keep uh keep tying i love it but uh (laughs) laura has another song for us let's hear it
guesses are in it was china cat at the zoo amphitheater on september 2nd 1985 nice choice laura is that the zoo amphitheater you referenced before oh yeah my old stomping grounds <laughs> and i just wish that i could have seen the dead live because that would have been major uh so uh why that china cat um, I love China Cat. That's like probably my most like basic bitch dead song. And <laughs> it was like the one that I would always when I kind of knew a very limited amount about them, but was like going to a show, always crossing my fingers that I hope I would hear. And it's just also the one that I have not gotten sick of over the years. Like I always love hearing it at a show. And uh, I chose this one because it was at the OKC Zoo, and I thought, now I know so much about the 80s due to being on this show, <laughs> and I'm like, wow, I really, almost like, it's T-ball for you guys, I'm <laughs> sure. Yeah, well, so the closest was Nick, who guessed 1982. Nick, what'd you hear there? Wow, that that amazes me. I thought I was going to be out. <laughs> um. <laughs> yeah, this one kind of tripped everyone up, actually. You know, I don't know, Laura, man. I, I was like, I don't know if you're getting into my head or I was trying to get into yours. But like, <laughs> I was thinking Oklahoma City Zoo from 1982, because there's a China cat for that, too. But I don't know it as well. I love playing the guest curator as she reveals more information about her life and her death. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, thank God Laura sent me 10 songs because Mateo and Jonathan were four years off equally. Jonathan guessed 81. Mateo guessed 89. Wow. Everyone's on to the next round again. Um, wow. Wow. I mean, the longest one. I know, yeah. Um, <laughs> Mateo, why did you guess 89? They, they just sounded really good, and I, I usually associate 89 with good. They sound, sounded lucid, um, tight. Um, and like I said earlier, um, eight, the eighties are pretty weak for me. I thought I could tell the difference between early eighties and, and late half eighties, but I guess, I guess not always. <laughs> that's it. They were lucid. They were tight. It sounded good. And I said, 89. I think that's a great guess given how good that song sounded. And then Jonathan 81, kind of the opposite of, uh, Mateo's, uh, <laughs> you know, the spectrum of, of Brent, mm -hmm. uh, what, why 81? <laughs> 
Um, like I said, the uh, early 80s is like my Achilles heel. Everything before the coma and after the Godshaws left, it, it's kind of hazy, you know, I just have a vague sense of it. Um, you know, Jerry, he's honestly, his voice didn't sound like 85. Like he sounded like in pretty good shape um, for like an 85 show. So that, that kind of made me go on the earlier half. But um, I remember when uh, they were playing Warfrat earlier in the show, um, I think Brent was using the uh, same uh, organ uh, tone. Um, so that should have been a hint that I should have gone with like 83, 84, maybe. But yeah, man, we just keep getting lucky. Me and Matt, man. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, let's... Uh... Let's hear the next song. another tie we're torturing mateo there's more songs later on yeah yeah um <laughs> new speedway boogie with a very late arriving jerry uh, at the palace on june 8th 1993 yeah laura why that uh new speedway boogie nice choice i love new speedway boogie it's like my favorite song i think at the moment because obviously like it changes and ebbs and flows like whatever is the favorite one but um when I was trying to find a live version, I found out that like they played it for a while and then retired it for a really long time and then brought it back in, I want to say like 1990, but I didn't want to be so on the nose and I just wanted to get a little more obscure. So then I chose 1993, but I don't know if that was obscure enough for this crowd. <laughs> Yeah, so it was 93. Nick was closest in 1992, but Mateo and Jonathan both guessed 1991. Nick, uh, but you were closest in 92. Well, all right, Bruce wasn't there, and um, and it was sort of like, uh, it's 92 or 93. And it didn't sound like <clears throat> like the rig change that I was mentioning before. That happened in like the middle of 93, so that's why I hedged on 92. Got it. Yeah. Nice choice. Uh, Mateo, 91. Yeah, anything you want to add there? I don't know much to add. I'm, I No, I don't know what to add there. 
I know Bruce <laughs> Bruce wasn't there, but you know, I just had found out that fact that Laura said um, about them retiring it. And I felt like they came back with it in 91. And I and I was like, oh, she's she's doing the the return song. So 91. Um Jonathan also 91. Yeah, um, I actually knew they brought back in 91 in protest of the commencement of the Gulf War. Actually, that's why they started playing it again. Yeah. Um, honestly, I thought I heard uh, Bruce for a second. Um, you know, I heard the piano, obviously, but for a second, there's a little bit of synth uh, in there towards the end. So it's like, you know, it must be 91 then. I mean, they're both up there. But uh, so, that, yeah, that's how I got 91. I thought they were both up there. I knew it started in 91. So, yeah. Okay. Well, something's got to give eventually here between these contestants. Uh, <laughs> and nice. Or not. We'll see. <laughs> Let's hear Lara's next pick. before man i don't know i'm mateo what time do you got to go to work mateo. <laughs> 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 just make a make a strong make a strong cup of coffee and uh, i'll be all right yeah what's your plan mateo are you gonna go back to bed or just power through yeah i'm gonna go back to bed i, I don't have to get up until nine uh, and that's what five and a half more hours I mean, as of so now, but as of now, as of now, it's true. It's <laughs> true. You always get a power nap in during the siesta hour. There you go. Yeah, that's, that's very true. Spain. Siesta is very normal, so it's all good. Um, he's gone at the Hollywood Palladium on September 9th, nineteen seventy-two. Lara, you're you're into these um kind of Jerry ballads. It seems like. Yeah, I really am, and like a he's gone to add to my list 
I like that this was early 70s. I like that it was at the Palladium because I just imagine that would be a really fun venue to see the dead at back then in 1970s Los Angeles. Like you really can't go wrong. And then I like the like flora and fauna of hearing kind of mistakes, uh, hearing audience members shout kind of at the beginning and like a little bit of mistakes at the soundboard maybe so that's why i went with this one well again nick got it 72 jonathan and mateo were both one year off in 73 nick nice one uh, how'd you uh, diagnose 72 it sounded early he's gone to me because it was like really up tempo and uh no don nice poll jonathan why 73 for you Honestly, I had 72 typed in for 90% of that recording. <laughs> I was like, okay, this is not Sunshine Daydream. I mean, the, the licks, everything was like almost identical to Sun, Sunshine Daydream. And like towards the end, like when they were harmonizing, like they sound like really tight. I don't know. This might be 73. And like I messed up with one of the 74 recordings, I think earlier. Um, so I was like, you know, 73 smack dab between 72 and 74. So I just went with a safe bet and did 73. And Mateo who is up with us at now uh, 4.40 a.m. Or something. Yeah, right? What time is it? 3.40. Okay. Uh, yeah, why 73? Uh, why I, I simply thought I heard the, uh, the wall of sound mics. That's it. Nice, Mateo. All right. Everyone's on in the next round. Let's hear Lara's next pick. Someone's eliminated. <laughs> uh, wow. Twist. Got excited. This game, you know? <laughs> yeah. So the beginning of a very promising sounding Terrapin station at the forum on June 4th, 1977. Really interesting pick there, Lara. Why that one? Terrapin station might be my favorite uh, Jerry ballad of all time. It's such a journey of a song. I also like Terrapin because if you ever go see Grateful Dead cover bands, like sometimes I'll go with people that don't know the dead all that well, but they're like open to the experience. And 
I did this one time in Hawaii with a family friend where I was like, let's go see this cover band. And it was getting late into the night. Um, I was like dancing, like enjoying the band. And then they started playing Terrapin. And my friend was like, we need to go soon. We need to go. And I was like, okay, yeah, we'll just go right after this song, knowing that it's like (laughs) an 11 or 12 minute song. So it's the perfect song to when you just want to extend and you want to stay, but the person wants to go, you just say, yeah, we'll just right after Terrapin ends, we'll be out of here. (laughs) The full suite. Love it. That's great. Um, Mm -hmm. So Mateo and Nick got it exactly 77. Jonathan, I'm sorry. You're one year off in 78. Uh, Mateo, how'd you, uh, your night continues. How did you guess 77? Your morning continues. (laughs) Ah, wow. Well, obviously it was the audience recording, and so that didn't give me a lot of clues to play with. I it just felt like, uh, you know, I the first Dead shows that I really loved when I started investigating by myself were 77 shows. I made, like, mixed CDs with just my favorite 77 songs, and it just had that feel. Um, so I went with it. Uh, really nice poll. And um, you're on to the finals. Uh, Nick, you're also on the finals. Well-deserved. I thought there was a chance that one of these guys was going to swoop you and you're going to be one year off and they're going to get it or something. After <laughs> I would have felt bad. Every single fucking one of them. <laughs> I would have uh, felt so bad. No dice. <laughs> you uh, are on to the finals. How do you figure that 77 out? Well, you know, I, I knew it had that 77 vibe to me and I knew it wasn't 78 and I definitely knew it wasn't 79. And they had just played it for the first time in May of that year. So it seemed like a young kind of, you know, sort of crackling version of, of Terrapin. Yeah. That's why I was surprised everyone was so on it. Cause it, that's the first year they played it, but nice figuring it out the crackling. I like that, Nick. Well, you're on to the finals and Jonathan, uh, I'm sorry, you got, yeah, once again, you got nine songs in and didn't even make it to the finals, <laughs> which is uh, wild, unprecedented, uh, I'm, I'm amazing run. Yeah, you're going on in the books, but what, um, <laughs> would you, why, why 78? Because Mickey had his car crash in 77 and they cut the summer tour short. That's basically where my thinking went. Um, it sounded like a 77 show, um, you know, it was an audience recording, so it wasn't really that crisp, you know? Um, I was really listening for Keith because, you know, Keith, he really falls off in 78. It seems like, it, is he like nodding off at the piano? Like, I, I don't know. He, he's just like playing like chord tones. Like he wasn't really uh, mixing it up that much. So I was thinking like, oh, maybe it's 78, you know, like 77 was cut short. So just might be 78. So yeah, I went with that. Both very good rationales. So Jonathan, you're the kind of wonderkin here. You're 24. How did you get into the dead and how did you get so great at picking dead songs uh, um well i wasn't always into the dead um i feel like it's almost inevitable I, I was telling people uh this on tour when i saw bobby um this past winter tour um my first show it wasn't the dead is the almond brothers but it was i attended it in utero you know uh, i was in dancing yeah. bear onesies you know um, <laughs> my parents loved it um for my first like 12 13 years i thought the music was kind of boring you know the songs were really long um, you know, I like folk music. I like the Beatles. Um, I loved grunge. Um, and as I was uh, getting in like eighth grade, um, I really loved a uh, hard rock grunge. Um, even like some gypsy punk weird enough, uh, shout out to Gogo Bordello. They're still going strong. <laughs> um, but uh, then, uh, Dick's picks 25 found its way onto my iPod, which is 
um, May 10th and 11th, 78. And 11th is the infamous Mescaline show. You know, you have like roaring beats. I mean, roaring guitar solos, so much energy. And like, that's just kind of my gateway into them. They kind of had the energy that I liked with the hard rock. And I just kind of went the rabbit hole from there, man. I, I swear, if, if I did this show when I was like straight out of high school, I would have like won it 10 out of 10. Like it was <laughs> all I listened to. Like my coworkers <laughs> hated me because it's like, are you seriously listening to Dead Again? It's like, is, this is the same song. Like they're singing Dancing in the Streets again. Like what? <laughs> it's like 15 minutes ago, man. Um, but no, I mean, I love the Dead. I got Robert Hunter on my shirt. I bought it in the lot in Nashville a few weeks ago. I mean, Bobby is a wonderland. I love seeing the wolf pack. Um, I mean, Bobby, he is such an intelligent musician. He, he's, he's like no other. He is like no other. I, I was so blessed to have such intimate uh, venues to share with Bobby and all these other deadheads, young and old. I mean, the, the music is going well beyond Bobby. And, and since we're ending on Terrapin, like I say, I saw Bobby play it, play it twice. He did the full suite. Once was with the wolf pack and once was with the Atlanta Symphony. Guys, he's going to publish that with the Atlanta Symphony. It was phenomenal. It was like 23, 25 minutes, and it just blew me away. So, Bobby, love what you're doing. Keep doing Pilates or whatever the hell you're doing, man. <laughs> stay healthy and stay strong, man. Thank you, guys. I'm so glad I got to be a part of this, man. This is so much fun. Uh, you were great, Jonathan. These guys were lucky to catch you on your uh, dead downswing, or else God knows, you know, because uh, your wealth of knowledge, man. It was, yeah. It's great to hear your... Uh, your points tonight really appreciate you doing the show hope you have me back man thank you so much we'll do yeah of course okay there are two finalists now mateo and nick uh let's play the first song So we're going to do the finals a little differently moving forward. Contestants are going to reveal their guesses before I reveal the correct year. This is something that my friend Jack suggested a long time ago. And Josh from Reddit also suggested this. Pretty much all the positive developments from this show, from its inception to now, have been someone else's idea. 
So thank you to everyone who takes the time to write in to suggest stuff and make the game better. So yeah, let's try this new format. Mateo, it was Box of Rain, of course, but what year do you think it was? I guess 1993, because uh, I know that Phil didn't didn't sing for quite a long period of time. They brought back Box of Rain uh, later on in their in their run as a band, um, you know, and it's getting late over here, right? Early, and I <laughs> and I and I put in 93 really quick, and I pressed enter, and then I said, oh man. I should probably listen to see if Bruce is in there too. And then I started to listen and I didn't hear him. So maybe it's good. Thank you, Mateo. And Nick, your guess was definitely different than Mateo's. What did you guess and why? Well, you know, it, to me, it sounded um, like, um, like a late 80s version of Box of Rain. I was kind of going back and forth between 86 and 87. I ultimately chose 87, but I, 86, I mean, but I, I could have gone 87. Um, Cause it was like around this time in 86 where they busted it out after a zillion years um, at Hampton. And, and it didn't sound like the crowd was going that berserk because everybody always got excited about box of rain. <laughs> but if you ever listen to that version, like, it's almost as if the Coliseum, you know, sort of the the, the fans, the heads um, outcompete the band for a little bit. But anyway, I ended up on 86, thinking 86, 87, maybe 88. All right. Well, it was Box of Rain at the Centrum in Worcester, Massachusetts on April 4th, 1987. Nick gets the point. Nice choice, Laura. Why that Box of Rain? I love Box of Rain, and then I remembered from earlier in the show that late 80s trip people up. So I was like, let's go, <laughs> late 80s. <laughs> let's end this. And <laughs> give them some 80s. And then I was like, shout out to David. It was David, right? The first elimination. Yeah, yeah. He was um, from... Uh, a mass hole, if I remember. So I thought, hey, Worcester, Massachusetts, <laughs> little nod to David, and a late 80s to really to really throw down the gauntlet. There it is. Nice choice. Yeah, so Nick goes up 1-0 in the series. And um, Nick, how'd you get into the dead? Um, you know, I grew up in northern New Jersey, and there's like a lot of deadheads around, around there. And um, when I was maybe like nine or 10, my cousin was staying with us, my older cousin, and um, we were watching Saturday Night Live and it was all about watching the dead on Saturday Night Live that night. And so I stayed up with her and we watched that. And and then for my 10th birthday, I got, I got an eight track player like Boombox and Skeletons in the Closet. And there's that, you know, that other um, record, Long Strange Trip, it was like a, two record compilation set i got those for my birthday and then you know um just kind of exposed to the music and then when i was in high school it's always like you know friends older siblings and um then you know through that we started to go to shows at the meadowlands and the garden and living around new york um you know, you're always in proximity to a fall, summer, and spring tour. And it's easy to see a lot of shows. Awesome. Thanks, Nick. 
And before we keep going, let's hear Mateo's origin story. Mateo, how did you get into the dead? Um, well, when I was maybe 15 or 16, um, I had a good buddy, Andy Shaw, that uh, was the only one of us that had a car. <laughs> and he would drive around and he'd play usually Junta by Fish. Oh, yeah. Junta, uh, I would say in Spanish. Junta. Yeah. Um, but uh, but yeah, uh, he would usually play that. And then one day he put on American Beauty. And I, you guys are going to, I said, what is this? Uh, turn this off, man. Let's change it back to something else. And he kind of looked looked at me in the rearview mirror. I was sitting in the backseat. He's like, his jaw dropped, you know, like how could you <laughs> say this, bla this blasphemy against and now, you know, looking back on myself in the rearview mirror, I, I do the same thing. How could I have said such a thing? Uh, but I didn't like it at first. Um, and then later on, I had another buddy named Corey Anderson who forced me. I don't want to say forced me. He put on Live Dead. Yeah, the album Live Dead. Of course. And uh, song one, Dark Star comes in. And I'm just talking. And he's like, no, no, no. And he starts it over. And he's like, <laughs> listen, listen, you know? And so he presses play and I'm, something happened in that moment, you know, like the universe along with Corey Anderson was saying, no, listen. And so I listened and um, they started telling their story with their instruments and I got, I got sucked into it. And, you know, that Phil bass is really heavy at the beginning of that album. And then Jerry comes in with this, da -da -da, da -da -da -da. and I, I, I got just sucked right into it, man. And uh, I, I really couldn't stop after that um and andy's older brother like nick was saying older siblings usually have a pretty big impact um andy's older brother tim um was a deadhead he had gone to shows he's probably who got andy into it um we would go over to his house to smoke some weed he would light a knock champa turn the lights down real low he had these awesome speakers and just blast shows for us um, and his favorite thing to do was have us guess the song. Mm. Yeah, he's like, guess the song. And so he'd want us to guess the song real quick. And But the funny thing is, is he would never tell us. Like, we'd guess, and, and he wouldn't say if we were right or wrong. He'd just, like, start dancing. You know, we'd have to figure it out. <laughs> we'd have to figure it out for ourselves. But I, I remember those times fondly. And, yeah, they've been a big part of my life since. Thanks, Mateo. You need this one to stay alive for the painting provided by John Griffin Art. Nick, you need this one to win the painting of Jerry. Let's hear Lara's next pick. Say, can I lead in the wind? Instead, I say, 
So, uh, Mateo, what do you think? I I thought eighty eight. Fair. I thought eighty eight. Fair enough. <laughs> Nick, Nick, Nick laughs. Nick, I, I feel like Nick thought eighty eight as well. I did. Yeah. Well, I do. Yes. <laughs> and um, and I and I didn't go eighty nine because in eighty nine there's a good chance of some MIDI in there. Succinct. Great poll. Um, yeah, it was um, yeah. man smart, woman smarter at. Reunion Arena in Dallas, Texas on October 21st, 1988. Uh, that's a nice one, Laura. Why that? Why that? Okay, here's my truth. I've never liked Ico Ico. Like, it, it makes me cringe. I don't like it. So then when I learned about this song, it was the kind of thing where at first I would think it was Ico Ico, and then I'd be like, oh, my God, no, it's Man, man Smart, Women Smarter. So I'm... <laughs> I'm in. So I tried to also do late 80s in the attempt to confuse and end things that it that didn't work. So <laughs> here we still are, but you know, I'm glad to be here. <laughs> um well, I think this your next pick, Laura, is gonna get the job done in terms of confusing people. Has anyone done chosen these? specifically no okay this i will literally be shocked if <laughs> people <laughs> but now i'm learning never underestimate nick or mateo you guys are yeah well let's see if this one does it all right let's play this one <laughs> That's it. Oh boy. <laughs> Gloves are off. Oh Not giving you guys a whole drum They here. really are. Uh, okay. Um, Mateo, you guessed 1969. I guessed 1969. And I, I know it probably wasn't. <laughs> oh, uh, but I, I know it probably wasn't, but I thought uh, it sounded pretty primal. It didn't have that like that 80s sound that the drums seem to have. Um, I don't know how you would describe that thicker sound. Uh, I just went 69 to kind of put it around that earlier time. All right. Nick, uh, what'd you guess and why? Well, I guess 85. <laughs> um, I almost went 78, 
But then I was like, this is, uh, to me, it was just like all Billy. I was waiting to hear what Mickey was going to do. Um, because when Mickey came in, it, when he would come in, kind of tells you what's going on. Like if he's playing the beam, if he's going to play a talking drum or, and so I did think it sounded in, in the eighties. Cause it, to me, it had like that big stadium sound, but I don't know, you know, who knows? <laughs> well, it was the auditorium theater in Chicago on June 28th, 1976. Mateo was closer in his 69 guess. So we're going on to the, uh, a tie breaking decisive tie breaking round. Laura inspired pick the first drums in the history of guest of the year. The podcast, despite it being, the most common song the Grateful Dead ever played. Besides choosing a tough one to uh, help Mateo go to sleep sometime this morning, why did you choose drums, and why did you choose that drums in particular? (laughs) You know, I think trotting out a little drum space when the stakes are so high is a way to separate the men from the boys in a way, and so... (laughs) I, I think she's previewing what may come next, but there's only one way to find out. It's tied 1-1, <laughs> and John Griffin's Jerry Painting is on the line for whoever gets this next song, whatever it may be. Let's hear it. With like great like lethargy comes great innovation because this is a great way to end tiebreakers and I'm just gonna do this every time now. Okay, Nick. I heard a lot of electronics coming out of Bob, and so it put me into the mid '80s um, because that's when he went. He left his kind of cowboy Ibanez behind and embraced like you know the modulus guitars and the Casio guitars. And, you know, there was a lot of playing around with delays there, I think, and this layering effect. And so, I don't know. I mean, I put 84. <laughs> Lovely choice. Um, Mateo, what did you uh, choose? What did I choose? I chose 89. 89. Right on. I also heard, I also heard electronics. I heard a groove. It was groovy. I liked it. Yeah. So it was July 2nd, 1995. 
Oh, Mateo is new champ of guest of the year. Congratulations, Mateo. Oh, Mateo. Um, yes. Thank you. Um, oh my goodness. I don't, I feel like I don't deserve it with you, Nick. <laughs> hey, you oh, hung come in there, on, Mateo. Man. You've been killing Dude, it. if anybody deserves it, it's you. It's like three in the morning. Yeah. Um, 4.30. 4.30, Nick. 4.30. I stand corrected. <laughs> Laura, you completed drum space. Bravo. Why'd you choose that one? I wanted... I, did, I guess I don't... I can't remember now. It's been so long since we've been on this podcast. That I've chosen anything <laughs> from, from 95. But I don't think i did but i wanted to choose like a space from a really random city and what is more random than indiana so i figured how will they get this and uh, i just threw it threw it into the mix cool was that like deer creek is that from deer creek is that what you said uh yeah it was deer creek um congratulations mateo congratulations nick laura thank you so much for all of your picks it's been a pleasure <laughs> It's been great, Thank guys. You. Thank you. Lots so much. of fun. It's all mine. Yeah. All right. Subscribe to Guess the Year on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. For all the show links, go to guestthear.net. And if you want to be a contestant on the show, sponsor the show, or make comments and ask questions, email us at info at guestthear.net. Thank you again to Laura Marie Shane Halls. Her podcast, once again, our sub sexy unique podcast and too niche. She is on Instagram at Lars Marie, L-A-R-Z-M-A-R-I-E. Thank you so much to John Griffin Art for the awesome prize pack, to Mason for doing our curating, and to Dylan for drawing the posters. Thank you so much for listening to the longest guest of the year episode ever. Thanks to the amazing tapers whose recordings made this show possible. Congratulations to our new champ, Mateo. And to our other contestants, thanks for playing. Remember, it's all one song anyway. And I bid you good night, good night, good night, and I bid you good night, good night, good night.